So the number one way we know the podcasts work for us is just asking customers how they heard of us. People say podcasts more than anything else. Wow. What's up, everybody? It's Eric here. Super excited for this one. This episode is with the founder of Meet Edgar, Laura Roeder. Laura has used podcast guest appearances to grow Meet Edgar in such a way that she told me during this interview, which you'll hear, it was the number one source of new customer signups based on the data that she reviewed, the survey follow-ups, and the conversations that she had with customers and asked, hey, where did you hear about Meet Edgar? And she said predominantly the number one answer to that question was the podcast guest appearances that she was on and that she did. She did at least 100. We talked a little bit. She didn't know the exact number, but it was definitely at least 100 and probably closer to 200 interviews over the years talking about her experience running and growing Meet Edgar, which led to a ton of inbound leads and and new customer signups. This episode, we really covered how she did it. Like, how did she get these guest appearances lined up? How did she think about performing her best during the interviews? Because it's one thing to get the interview, but how do you actually go about the interview itself and expressing yourself and your company in a way that is very dedicated to listeners, but also to talking about your company? We also talked about how to attribute the results from something like this, because podcasting is a little bit difficult sometimes for attribution. So we covered a lot in this episode. I had so much fun talking with Laura. She was awesome. And I know you guys are going to love this one. So enjoy. Laura Roeder is here with me today. Laura, welcome to the show. And thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. I'm excited to uh, talk podcasts with everybody. Yeah. Likewise. Likewise. I'm super excited to chat because, you know, I've really noticed from afar paying attention to what you all have been doing and the guest appearance strategy you've used Mm -hmm. with podcasting as a marketing strategy and really just kind of excited to dig in on the impact that's had for Meet Edgar here. And so, you know, maybe just starting off, could you just give an overview of what Meet Edgar is and why you launched it? Yeah. So Meet Edgar is a social media marketing automation tool. So it's really for entrepreneurs who market via creating content. So whether that's a podcast or a YouTube series or good old fashioned blogging, you are a creator, you're creating content that promotes your business and you want to make sure that you're spreading content on social media. That's what Meet Edgar does for you automatically. That's amazing. And I know you It was actually something that you created out of your own need, right? Mm -hmm. Back in the day when you first launched it? Yeah, absolutely. So before I launched Meet Edgar, I was in the social media marketing space as a a teacher, course creator, teaching small businesses how to do social media. And I mean, the problem back in 2014 is the same problem that people have in 2019, which is that social media is just a lot of work, especially Mm. if you're, you know, a solopreneur, you're the owner of the business, and you're also doing all the social, which, which is very common for our customers. So, you know, keeping all these channels updated with all this content, I saw, you know, that so many people like myself were creating original 
content, original status updates every day for the rest of time. You know, it's like, okay, I'm supposed to post multiple times a day on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You know, we didn't even have Instagram then, so we could (laughs) forget about that one, at least LinkedIn. And I have to come up with all these original updates. And I started looking at the social media stats on my accounts. And I'm like, wait a minute, 5% or less of the people that follow me see the status update why don't I just send this again, especially if it was effective, right? Especially if it got shares or got people to click. So I started putting together this complicated spreadsheet that I would teach other people how to use with all of your social media and categories. And then you're cycling through it. And then I was like, wait, why do I have a spreadsheet and I'm paying for social media software? Why doesn't my social media software just do this for me? So that is really the heart of why Edgar was created so that you can repurpose content, whether that's you know, a different status update about the same blog post or whether that's sending the exact same inspirational quote over again on Facebook and it gets, you know, the same amount of likes Mm. and comments six months later, which is something that we see a lot. That's amazing. Yeah. And could you give a little context from where you started to where the company is today, just in terms of like team size or customers or revenue, just for some context there? Yeah. So we started um, five years ago and we have over 5,000 active paying customers today. Yeah, that's incredible. And someone so deep in social media marketing and marketing in general. This is what I'm super curious to talk about today with podcasting being a mix for your growth strategy. Mm. Just for a broader zooming out perspective, what marketing strategies in general from a high level have you used to kind of get to this point where you have 5,000 paying customers, which is a monumental achievement, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we can kind of dive into podcasting specifically, but wanted to touch on that first. Yeah. For us, it has very much been about organic content marketing combined with social media marketing. So we've played with a lot of different marketing channels over the years. You know, we have done and still do paid ads, but that's never been our primary driver of growth. When we look at our Google analytics to see where we get the most customers from, Right now, it's it's organic. It's always either organic or the frustrating category of direct, which, you know, <laughs> actually, as we can talk about, that can actually mean podcast a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, if yep. someone's listening to a podcast, they're probably either typing in your URL or they're doing organic, right? They're searching for the name that they heard on the podcast. So, yeah, we've always been big on kind of just those basics of online marketing, of blogging writing a really interesting, compelling email newsletter and using social media to promote that content and grow our audience. That's great. Yeah. And let's dive in a little bit here on podcasting and the guest appearances you've done. I know you've invested a lot of time in this this just from seeing how many interviews you've done. Um, And I've listened to a lot of them, which have been awesome. Highly recommend everybody going and checking those out. But you know, in terms of just a ballpark number of how many interviews you think you've done since launching Medegger about five years ago, what would you say that is? And what really started this idea for you to invest your time and energy and resources into this strategy in general? Well, I've definitely done over 100 interviews. Um, I should try to figure out the exact number so I can impress <laughs> everyone with that. But yeah, more, more than 100, I think could be 200. I've, I've done a lot of them. <laughs> and <laughs> I would say kind of where the initial idea came from. Well, I used to teach an online marketing course called Creating Fame. And Creating Fame was all about how to make yourself famous in your field, you know, how to use online marketing to be the go to person for whatever you do. And in Creating Fame, we would talk about something called OPC, other people's content. 
So if anyone knows the real estate world, they like to talk about OPM, which stands for other people's money, leveraging other people's money to do real estate deals. In the online marketing world, OPC is other people's blogs, other people's podcasts. So when I initially started teaching Creating Fame back in 2009, it was very much about guest posting. So that was a really popular strategy at the time where you would write a guest post on someone else's blog, which, you know, by the way, is still a strategy um, that can work really well. But then, you know, it was much less about social media and it was much more about a company's blog or a person's blog as their main property. So the whole idea of OPC is, okay, you can build up your own channel, right? Your own blog. It takes a long time to get traffic to your blog. It takes a long time to grow your listening audience for your podcast, or you can just leverage OPC, right? Because when I'm on someone else's blog, I didn't have to work for 10 years to build up that audience like they did. I just get to show up on their blog and I get to take advantage of that readership that they have there, right? So same thing with a podcast. As all the people listening you know, that have started podcasts know, it is a lot of hard work to build up your audience for a podcast, right? You put your blood, sweat, and tears into every episode and promoting them and growing your audience. So you can do that for yourself and or I can just jump on here with you, Eric, and I get to have a little shortcut for all totally. the hard work that you've already done, right? You've already built an audience. So when I started Meet Edgar, guest posting was becoming you know, a little less of a thing but podcasts were much more of a thing. So I thought, well, I could start my own podcast. And these strategies aren't mutually exclusive. You can absolutely have mm. your own podcast uh, and be a guest on other people's. But I'm like, man, especially while I'm starting the company, why don't I just jump on other people's podcasts? And what's so cool about being a guest on a podcast is it requires little to no preparation. You know, if you're writing mm. a guest post, you have to write the thing. There's probably going to be some back and forth with the blog, making changes, a podcast, I don't have to do the changes. <laughs> the host <laughs> has to do all the hard work, right? There's editing, but I don't have to do the editing. I get to just show up and talk about, you know, things that are that I love to talk about anyway. So I just saw it was this this way that I could really leverage my time to promote the business to a larger audience. Yeah, I love that. And so since you've been kind of pursuing this channel for five years, basically, right? Sounds like right when you started yeah. the company, what trends have you seen change over that time, if any, with this? Have you seen an increase in shows and an increase in quality content and opportunities for you in podcasting? Or is it kind of remain the same level? What have you really seen from that perspective? Well, the bar is definitely being set higher now, which is a great thing. Podcasts are just getting more professional, you know, in, in every way. It is harder to be a guest than it used to be because podcasts used to just all be so desperate <laughs> for any guest, you know, <laughs> that you could sort of yep. pitch pitch any of them and now, some of the podcasts that I'm pitching, I mean, you know, I certainly get turned down for some of the ones that I pitch. There are some that I'm not, you know, how I built this, I would love to be a guest on. I don't think mm. that's going to happen at this point in my <laughs> career, you know, maybe later. I'm, I'm not going to spend my time pitching that one. Where when I started, like those really professional level podcasts, like how I built this, did not exist. Podcasting was much more 
homemade, you know, that was just much, much smaller. So I love that the quality of podcasts have improved, you know, the thought that people put into their podcasts have improved, but there are more of them that do have a, a higher bar for for being a guest, which is a good or bad thing, I guess, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, ultimately, I think it's a good thing because better quality content is kind of a flywheel effect. Well, mm-hmm. just attract more listeners like the supply of shows is increasing, but the demand is also increasing. Like the listenership is continuing to grow that we've seen at least yeah. quite a bit year over year. And so just more people are getting interested in starting shows, but the competition now is is quite high right. to your point. So like you have to actually really care about that content and how you're putting that out there. And this show is all about from the brand perspective. Mm-hmm. So not so much from like individuals out there who have their own solo businesses, but more so from the brand perspective. And I'm curious, do you have any opinions on how brands should determine if podcast guest appearances or podcasting in general Mm. is a strategy they should invest in? Like, is this something you think based on your experience, every brand should be doing to some capacity or only those that fit like a certain criteria? Well, you know, podcasting is obviously a great channel to reach. I mean, I would think every, pretty much every audience, I think there's a podcast for everybody, right? I can't really imagine a demographic that isn't listening to some podcast. I mean, if you're over 70, I guess there's less people listening, but I mean, there's still, there's still people listening. So I think it can definitely be a great strategy for most brands. And I think the way you look at it sort of depends on your strengths and your resources. So for us at Meet Edgar, we're a bootstrapped company. We're a small company. We didn't have the MailChimp budget to invest in sponsorship. You know, if I were a larger brand, that might be a place that I would start because you can just throw money at it and you can make some really cool creative ads and you can get your brand in front of how I built this type of podcast, right? In front of really huge audiences. That wasn't an option for us. So if you're working with less budget or if you're smaller, pitching yourself as a guest is, you know, a way that you can get even better exposure than an ad of course, because an ad is an ad and people skip over them. A guest is, of course, the, the content of the podcast. So pound for pound, I think a brand is always better off being featured as the actual content than they are an ad, although both can be valuable. So I think at that point, it's just looking at the talent in your company and, and seeing who's a good fit for it. I'm someone who enjoys public speaking. So podcasting is just super easy <laughs> public speaking, <laughs> you know, just even even easier and, and less stressful. And so I think find someone like that at your company who enjoys speaking, who likes being on the stage, you know, the virtual stage in this case. And yeah, I'm sure there's valuable content that you can share that's that's related to your company. Totally agree. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing is like, it's a long tail kind of medium. Mm-hmm. So there's a show on almost every topic, no matter what your target audience is that you're going to reach. Some have some less shows than others. Like if marketing is your niche, there's hundreds of marketing shows. Right. But right. if like HR is your niche, there's going to be less, but they're still there. And so, yeah, I think that's great advice. And, you know, actually kind of perfect segue into some of the nuts and bolts of this. How do you actually go about getting these opportunities lined up? You mentioned you pitch. Is this you pitching yourself that you've created some emails that you send out or someone on your team does it? 
or do you outsource this? Or like, how do you actually source these opportunities in terms of just finding the Mm -hmm. shows and the contact info and and the pitches? So kind of a mix. So the most important thing that I want to point out is that we do pitch. So a lot of people have the idea that you have to just sit around and wait to be asked to be a guest on Mm -hmm. a podcast. And I just want to be very clear. That is not what I've done. That's not the case. I have actively pitched myself as a guest. So the way that works, um, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's someone else from my team. We haven't used any agencies, although those are out there. What the pitch overview kind of looks like is thinking about how you will add value as a guest and what their audience is interested in specifically. So we always customize every pitch, but it's not written from scratch for every podcast. We kind of have a list of Basically, it's the list of talking points that I think would be a match for their particular podcast. So there might be, you know, 10 different talking points and we might pull like three or four of them that would be a match for that podcast. And, you know, something else we haven't touched on, but you can look at different parts of your audience, right? So for us, uh, we are a tech company and a SaaS company. So we can take that angle and be on those podcasts. I am a woman and a mom, so I can be on, you know, female founder and mompreneur and those podcasts, you know, we have a lot of customers who are freelancers, so we can be on those podcasts, which is really cool, right? There's a lot of different ways you can go. And obviously, you want to customize your pitch based on what the podcast is, what their audience is, my pitch for just a straight up we are a tech company and here's how we function as a tech company is going to be very different from the pitch for I'm a working mom and here's what that looks like for me. But the overview is like, keep it short. You don't need a long history about yourself. They just sort of need to know one or two sentences about why you're a person anyone (laughs) would be interested in listening (laughs) to. But it's really more about those talking points of what you're going to cover and what you can offer to their audience, because it doesn't really matter if you have this really impressive pedigree because they're like, okay, cool. You, you know, you have five degrees from Harvard, but what are you going to talk about on my podcast? So you want to make sure the pitch Mm -hmm. is focused on, yeah, what, what are you going to talk about? That's going to make their listeners click on that episode, right? That's what they're looking for. They're looking to release an episode that the listeners can see it on Stitcher, on Apple podcast and go, Ooh, that one looks good. I'm going to listen to that one. And then when it comes to getting the yes, obviously there's going to be some no's, but then when you do get the yes, I actually read that you like to have a batch week out of every month to record these interviews. And I thought that was a really smart strategy because getting them scheduled and kind of scattered all over the place can actually be, especially when it's a proactive strategy and you're doing a lot of them. Yes. The level of context switching that you could have throughout the day, I'm sure is enormous unless you kind of have some strategy around that. So could you talk about that? A little bit. Yeah. So I do batch them. So I do one week per month. That is podcast week. And I've done this for years. And the beauty of that is that if it doesn't work out this month, it can be next month. It can be the month after. A lot of people are recording really far out anyway. So setting a date for three months ahead of time is not crazy. And if it doesn't you know, work out this week or you have to reschedule or whatever, it's usually not a big deal for people to go to the next month. And as we all know, for scheduling anything, 
giving people constraints is actually <laughs> super useful, <laughs> you know, rather than doing the like any time, any day, any month, it just right. gets a little out of control. So I do always have someone else in my company do the scheduling part. Sometimes I will pitch myself or sometimes it comes from someone else, but then I hand it off to someone else for the scheduling to make sure, you know, because I'm not so good at making sure that will happen. And I want to make sure that happens. <laughs> and then the person who scheduled it right now, it's Freya at our company. She puts it on my Google calendar. She, you know, if there's any questions I've been sent in advance or show notes, she puts that right in the calendar entry. I always ask for the person's email address in the calendar so that I can get in touch with them directly if there's any problems. So it becomes this little self-contained thing where then the day before I can just look at my calendar for the next day and I can have all the information I need about the podcast that I'm doing. I think that's so smart. But one question I have with that is running a company like Meet Edgar, the team you have and all the customers you have, allocating that week. I'm curious how many interviews you're typically doing throughout that week and then how you manage the actual day-to-day operations during that week as well? Is this just something you bake in? The team knows that, hey, Laura's going to be kind of tied up doing all these interviews during that time. So you've put some strategies or people in place to help carry that load, or how do you actually make that work? So the most I've done is for a day, like 20 a week. And I don't know that I've actually had a week that is booked out with 20 in a week. It's usually not that many in just one week. That's kind of the max that it can go. Right. It actually doesn't like it does leave you time for other stuff. So if I did have four in a day, of course, that would only be a half day of work. I mean, I don't always work full time and I've had different roles at the company over the years. I'm actually out of the day to day at the company right now, but I have been, you know, more active in the past when I was also doing this podcasting strategy. So yeah, it's just something, you know, when I was more hands-on, it's just something that people expect. I'm still there for several hours every day. So it doesn't feel like I'm totally absent. And, you know, as someone who has always been very conscious of not having my company rely on me, if you are in a place where your company relies on you, maybe this is a great constraint for you, <laughs> you know, mm, just to have one yep. week a month where people are knowing that you're a little less available and maybe they need to solve problems without you. You know, maybe that could be a great thing. <laughs> it's a forcing function. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. So let's kind of talk a bit about the outcomes you've seen and actually helping facilitate those to the highest degree possible. And what I'm curious about is two things. One, how do you navigate these interviews in a way that you actually turn listeners into customers at, you know, gives yourself the best Mm -hmm. option and ability to do that? And then what have you actually seen? You mentioned earlier that when you look at the the numbers and the analytics, it can sometimes go into this direct bucket and that's hard to measure. But can you talk a little bit about how you are able to measure this? Yeah. So as far as leveraging a podcast, I am not strategic about it. The best thing you can do is be likable and be authentic and and be yourself. I don't come into podcasts with talking points in the sense that I'm trying to promote my company. Like I said, sometimes I have talking points because they're valuable for that audience, but I'm not going, ooh, I want to make sure that we mention this feature of Meet Edgar and I have to get that in the interview. Because, you know, no one, no one wants to listen to an advertisement, right? That's not, that's not why they're here. So I find really the value of podcasts is just forming that personal connection between the people behind a brand 
and the customer. So, you know, if that's the founder, that's great. I think people love knowing founder stories. People love connecting with the founder, but it certainly doesn't have to be the founder. People just like knowing the real people behind a company and hearing someone that's authentic and likable and relatable. It's amazing how much that increases people's affinity for a brand. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And especially if it's a first time doing interviews, I think takes some reps Mm -hmm. to get that comfortability and just being yourself. But being yourself is the best thing you can be for this and not having the agenda like you mentioned, Um, because that that comes across very easily during interviews and it kind of turns people off. Yeah. And so on the measurement side or on the outcome side, can you talk a little bit about like what you've seen from Mm -hmm. this? Any sort of boost or lift or direct customers or mentions on social media from your interviews or or what have you really seen from all these interviews you've done? So I want to say what hasn't worked because I see a lot of people go down this road. So what has not worked is creating custom landing pages, email sequences, whatever for each interview. I have gone down that road before and you end up one, creating a lot of work and two, now you've made like 40 landing pages for yourself that you have to keep updated and you have these rogue email sequences, you know, that you have no idea what they say and they're totally out of date and they're not right about your product anymore. So I would not recommend doing custom things for each podcast because it's just too time consuming. And I found that a lot of podcasts are, I mean, a lot of the ones that I'm on do have a small listenership, right? So I might form a really strong kind of relationship with those people that listen, but it's not thousands of people, right? So it's not really worth the time to create something custom. It's more that thousands of people add up between all the different podcasts that I do. So Mm. I don't create any kind of custom landing page or anything like that. So the number one way we know that podcasts work for us is just asking customers how they heard of us. People say podcasts more than anything else. Wow. People say, you know, either a friend told them or they heard us on a podcast or both. And that's the other thing, like, I think that we often forget as marketers, we like to pretend that there's this linear path, right? We look at funnels. We're like, first they hear us on the podcast and then they go to the website (laughs) and then they give us their email address. Like, that is not how real customer journeys happen at all. How they really happen is someone sees Meet Edgar mentioned on Twitter. They think, what is that? Then they see an ad. They're like, is that the same thing? But they don't click on it. Then they hear on a podcast and then they're like, is this the woman from Meet Edgar? Is that the same? Oh, maybe it is. And then like their friend mentions it a month later and they're like, oh, I think I heard her on the podcast. Like maybe I'm going to look that up. Like this is our real customer journey. And we know just from asking our customers, unfortunately, it's not, you know, data that we can see in analytics or mix panel a lot of the time. But when we ask our customers how they heard of us, podcasts very frequently come up. And I think something that's very special about podcasts is people give them a lot of attention. You know, you're often at the gym or in the car, right? Listening to a podcast and you're often really immersed in it. I think in a way that people aren't when they're reading content online and like trying to read four articles (laughs) at the same time, (laughs) you know, I think podcasts often get a lot of attention 
and just hearing someone's voice, it feels a lot more personal than reading an article. Listening to a podcast where I'm talking about and explaining Meet Edgar and reading a blog post about Meet Edgar is just, a podcast is much more memorable, especially if you already like that podcast, like the host, right? Maybe the host is asking the kind of questions that you're asking too. So I think people tend to remember podcasts. And I suspect that a lot of the people that say they hear about us on a podcast Maybe that wasn't the first time they heard of us. Maybe that wasn't the only time they heard of us, but they remember that. So that's what they're telling us. That's incredible. And it's something that we talk about a lot too, which is doing a bit of a tour like you've done here. Mm -hmm. The multiple touch points between different marketing channels, like maybe they've read a blog post, maybe they heard from a friend, and then they've also heard your podcast. Another thing that we've seen is people listen to multiple of your interviews. Mm -hmm. If you're going on similar shows, people will listen to two, three, four different interviews with you. And they're just doubling and tripling down on learning more about you and the company. So yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. And I, that makes me so happy hearing that podcasting <laughs> is one of the top channels for you when you hear from new customers. That's amazing. I, I love hearing that. And it does get overlooked though, but because of the data, right? Because yeah. the only way yep. we can know it is, is what people say, which is funny because we tend to be like, Oh, well, what can you do with that? But it's like, well, no, that's pretty valid. <laughs> Just asking people, like, it's not <laughs> fancy, but you're getting whatever they perceive as the real answer to be. Yep. You know? So I, I was listening to a podcast. I was listening to Wistia's podcast the other day, which is a great one. And they had a guest talking about how sometimes people would say she was doing a lot of subway ads. And sometimes when they would ask people how they heard about the company, they would say from a TV ad and they didn't run. <laughs> they didn't run TV ads. <laughs> but it's still it's like it's still interesting because that's their perception. Yes. You know, even if you're like, we don't run TV ads, like the customer thought that they saw you on TV. And that's that's kind of an interesting data point. <laughs> that's hilarious. And, and so do you guys capture this just with a form literally at sign up? Or is there some sort of other sequence you do to to get that information? We just do it every so often. It's not something that is asked of 100% of customers uh, just over the years. Um, I mean, some of it is literally just talking to people anecdotally. And then over the years, yep. we have done more formal, you know, polls asking people or, you know, when they get the first email asking them how they heard of us. So yeah, that's how we know. Awesome. Yeah. And then so looking at the future here for Meet Edgar with podcasting and then just brands in general, like what is your opinion? Like, are you continuing to double down on podcasting as a channel and and where do you really see it going? So our strategy now, well, one, we finally did launch our own podcast. It's called The oh, Social nice. Post. So check that. it's still very new and small, <laughs> but <laughs> you, can, awesome. you can check it out for, you know, social media marketing, quick, specific kind of tactical podcasts. So that's, that's one thing we've done. So we're definitely, you know, <laughs> more all in on podcasting in that sense. And the other thing we're doing is just going after larger podcasts that maybe take a little more time to pitch. You know, you have to be much more specific in the pitch that you're giving them. You want to listen to a few other episodes before you're talking to them to really get a feel for what they're all about. Another tip for that is looking for a referral for a podcast. I mean, this applies to any big or small, but if I'm pitching a larger one, I always want to be referred by someone else. So that could be that I know someone who's been a guest on the show or that I know someone who knows the host. And what I'll often do is just write my whole pitch up 
directly to the host and then I'll ask the person to pass it on mm. because that's a lower commitment than introducing us because, yep. you know, making an introduction now the host kind of like has to deal with me. Right. Um, but if I'm asking you just to forward a pitch, if the host doesn't feel it's a fit, they can just ignore it. They don't have to worry about responding to me or me sending them a hundred follow-up emails that they don't <laughs> want. So that's the downside. I don't have their email address, so I can't follow up with them. But I found that asking someone just to forward a pitch people will almost always say yes because it's such an easy, you know, it's such an easy, low commitment thing to say yes to. Yeah, totally. And it's super interesting going down the large show route right now for you. And this is something we see and talk about a lot, especially when you're just starting with the strategy, not swinging for the fences right away, kind of getting a lot of reps in with Mm. small, if it makes sense, niche wise and category wise, but medium shows, medium shows are great. Mm -hmm. And you can really get some reps in there build up some credibility that you can point to as social proof and really perfect your ability to give interviews right. before you go for these super large shows. And so it's it's super interesting hearing you say that. I'm sure you've done some large shows to date, but kind of having that be the proactive strategy now after 100 plus interviews, I think is the absolute perfect approach. And uh, I'm excited to hopefully see you on how I built this one day. Oh. Yeah. If anybody out there is listening and wants to introduce me, I'm here. I am. (laughs) If we ever get a connect there, I'll, I'll try and make that hook up for you. (laughs) But yeah, kind of wrapping up here. If you had one final piece of advice for, for a company trying to decide if podcasting was a channel, just in general guest Mm -hmm. appearances or their own show or advertising, anything you've seen work for yourself or others, what would you say as they're evaluating that decision? I just think for so many companies, it's, it's, it's worth a shot because audio is such a low resource medium. You know, it's obviously if you're looking at video, that is very, very cost heavy. You need a professional people, you need professional equipment. It's harder to be good on video than it is to be good on audio, right? And audio, you can buy an amazing microphone for 60 bucks. You know, you can spend 40 more dollars doing some soundproofing in your office, which I don't even have any of this stuff just being just being a guest on one. The person who hosts ours has a little more of this fancy stuff for the one that we produce. But mm. to me, it seems like why not just try the ones that are very targeted to you? Like you said, looking at that demographic, looking at that niche. A friend of mine hosts um, a podcast that's just about it's literally just about books. It's called Reading Glasses, like literally just reading <laughs> books, which seems like kind of a funny, it That's seems awesome. very broad, but like they have a very devoted, passionate listenership of readers. If you're an author or if you're a brand like, you know, Penguin or Random House or whatever, why would you not spend the $100 of resources to get a really nice audio setup to go on a podcast like that, right? Or maybe even to create an ad and sponsor a podcast like that. It's just so targeted and it's so easy to do that it just kind of seems like a no-brainer to me. Awesome. Yeah. I love, love, love that advice and and couldn't agree more. Super thankful for you taking the time here today, Laura. I know this is probably your batch week, so you have a lot of interviews (laughs) going on. Um, So I won't keep you any longer, but really appreciate your time and and super excited to continue following you and, and meet Edgar. 
If people wanted to kind of keep up with you or the company, is there a specific place that would be good to do that? Yeah. So you can find us at Meet Edgar on all the social media channels, meetedgar.com. We do have a coupon code for podcasts. So, you know, something else you can mimic at your brand. It's just podcast, all caps, and that gets you your first month free. So, you know, as I was referring to before, we don't do specific tracking per podcast. I won't know which one you came from. And, you know, while we're being meta here talking about podcasts, we also find (laughs) that people don't always use that coupon code. So I just I wouldn't use that as a super accurate metric for people who came from a podcast. But if you would like to use that coupon code, (laughs) you can enter podcast in all caps and get uh, a month free to try out Meet Edgar. Awesome. 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 Well, thanks again so much, Laura. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I really hope you guys got a lot out of that. I know I did. Just hearing Laura's story and how she was able to systematically go about these podcast guest appearances and use it as a very proactive channel and proactive strategy. A lot of people think you can't get podcast guest appearances unless someone asks you to be on their show. And we have found and Laura saw that the opposite is true, that you can actually line these up and podcasters are looking for really good people to come on their show. And if you let them know you are one of those good people and you raise your hand and do it in an authentic way, you can get those opportunities. But always remember, the first and foremost thing to think about when when doing your guest appearances is think about what you're saying from the listener's perspective. It is not an opportunity to be self-serving, but more so focus on helping the listeners improve their lives or businesses. That's number one. And a byproduct of that will naturally be impact to your business. But don't think of these as a webinar. Think of them more as you giving advice to a friend, because that's ultimately the type of relationship you're looking to cultivate with listeners. So that's my two cents on that. Stay tuned for the next episode. We have some really great stuff coming out for this podcast and really looking forward to getting feedback from you all. Hit me up. Let us know what you think. I'm Eric at lemonpie.fm. Feel free to shoot me an email or at Eric Bison on Twitter and Instagram. But regardless, I hope you all are having a great day and I will catch you all on the next episode.